Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast. We're here to help create better and more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping the two professions better understand each other with the ultimate goal, making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. Eric and I had a great time learning about Classet, a platform that connects skilled trade workers with potential employers. Here's a summary of what we learned in this interview. It was founded by Cooper Newby and his co-founder, Nick Jones, who were inspired by previous experience recruiting blue-collar workers and their belief in the potential of the skilled trades. They saw a need for a platform that would help people learn about and access skilled trade careers, and from that, Classet was born. Classet offers a variety of resources for both job seekers and employers. Job seekers can find information about different trades, compared salaries, training requirements, even build profiles showcasing their skills and experience. Kind of like a LinkedIn for the trades. Employers can post job openings, screen candidates, and connect with qualified workers. Classet also has a focus on mentorship and apprenticeship programs, recognizing the importance of hands-on learning and the skilled trades. Classet's still a relatively new platform, but is growing rapidly. The company's developed a number of innovative features, such as the periodic table of skilled trades. I really tuned into that as a scientist nerd. And a free applicant tracking system to help connect job seekers and employers. With its focus on making skilled trade careers more accessible and attractive, Classic really has the potential to make a real difference in the lives of many people. There's a ton of links in the show notes. I encourage you to look at them. It'll take you directly to some of these things that we spoke about in the interview. So let's get on with it and learn about trade secrets being revealed inside Classet, the platform building a blue-collar boom. Today I have with me my virtual co-host, Eric Kaiser. Hello, Bill. And our guest, Cooper Newby from Classet. Hi. Good afternoon, Cooper. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. So I forget how we connected. Was it on LinkedIn or was it something you sent me? Yeah, I think I sent over some resources, but we've been following your guys' podcast as a team. We're a small team of six and love what you guys are doing on both sides of the podcast and the tools and trainings. Thanks. And we got half of our listeners from him, Eric, apparently. <laughs> oh, all right. All 12 of them. All 12 of them. <laughs> no, I think we have a few more than that. One or two, maybe. So first, give us a little bit of background on you, and then we'll talk a little bit about Classet. Yeah. So I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. So I've Always been a very hands-on person, but in going to grad school at Stanford, I started a company with similar co-founders to Classit, but trying to solve blue-collar recruiting for an app that was called Blue Crew, where we tried to get more people access to work through light industrial like warehouse, like Uber for work. So there we got a really strong hold on the challenges that a blue collar worker faces trying to make ends meet, working paycheck to paycheck. But while we were there, we kept getting really excited about upskilling potential for things like the skilled trades where you can truly increase your wage much more than you can in a warehouse where you have this glass ceiling on how much you can earn. So we decided to go back to the small startup and really try and increase the earning power for people with these unique skill sets and help people who may be in working warehouse jobs graduate to high-skilled jobs where they can eventually own a business or be making really good money with really good benefits. So that's kind of what inspired us to start Classit using our recruiting expertise from Blue Crew, but pairing it with our 
mission to really increase the earning power of blue collar workers. How long have you been at this? A little over a year now. Nick, my co-founder, and I started out. Nick's parents are both teachers. So we got a little bit of an inside view on what the state is of college counseling and what people are being told in high school. And we just noticed a huge gap in the you're only looked at as a success if you get into a good college. So we got really excited about changing the stigma there so that you could really be looked at by society in a favorable way and had the resources to actually figure out like, what is a trades job? A lot of people have, oh, I know what a plumber is. I know what an electrician is, but there's many more trades jobs and not a lot of on-ramps into them through the school systems, things like that. So we started building out resources there. I'm guessing I could stop asking questions now because Eric Kaiser is loaded with them. Right, Eric? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do have some questions, but that was a pretty good lead in there. It's interesting to me because this is also a passion of mine, but I'd really never heard of Classit before. So I'm interested to learn a little bit more about the goals and the pathways that the organization Classit, and for those of you who aren't figuring that out, that's C-L-A-S-S-E-T. What pathways are you using to really connect people with different jobs? Obviously, we're a lot of our people are focused on HVAC and building science, but there's a lot of other jobs out there in what I call the trades or blue collar jobs that are available and people are interested in and employers are interested in finding those people. We started out just what resources could we build to make an alternative for students who just had know nothing about it. And if you look at universities, they have huge recruiting arms and all kinds of resources to look up the exact ratings of schools and what you're getting yourself into, what you can make long term, what courses you need to take. So we started there, but quickly it became apparent that the key to becoming a successful tradesman or tradesperson is the mentorship, the hands-on learning that is harder to get purely online. And we noticed the tension span of people is getting shorter with TikTok. So we wanted to make it a very visual thing. Most people in the trades don't like sitting down and doing a ton of schoolwork. They'd much rather be out in the field using their hands. So we tried to make really quick TikTok videos highlighting different careers. So we have some cool interviews with tradesmen just talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of what they're getting into. But to really make an impact, we realized the employers are key to this equation. So we put a huge amount of focus on how can we connect both the new entrants to the trades and the experienced people to make it easier to connect with busy trades people. Both sides are incredibly busy with more work than they can handle. And lots of phone tag goes on when you're trying to find employees or interview people, tons of conflicting offers and things. So we put a huge amount of focus on the business side of our our company on making that connection easier, giving candidates the background on companies and talking with them, really trying to figure out what would be the perfect job. And then on the employer side, helping write the notes on candidates' resumes. If you're a sought-after tradesperson, you may not be updating your resume because you're in such high demand. So we talk to them, we'll write up notes on their profiles, and we also make it really easy for them to share pictures of their work, which we think are better representations of skilled trades work than a traditional resume sometimes. So our theory is that if we can get a huge contingent of trades companies, we can 
help candidates look better to those companies and they'll be more willing to take a chance on an apprentice or somebody who is more early in their career. Because the reality is like the skilled talent pool is shrinking and the only way to fix that is get more early entrance. But you have to make sure that the company has the trust that they know what they say they can do and also in the future potentially having apprenticeship programs built out. So what are you helping, say, on apprenticeship programs you mentioned there? Are are you helping any of the contractors build out those apprenticeship programs or do you have recommendations on how they can build those out? We're working with a couple of our companies who do have apprenticeship programs built out already. Those are super successful because they have the infrastructure. Our long-term goals are to have some of the soft skills trainings built out so that we can help across all trades. I don't think we'll ever be better than the companies at training people up on how to do things the way that they know how. But there's a lot of cool stuff with government funding that we can help companies with WIOA, which is the federal grants for covering 50% of wages for people who qualify to get into some of these programs. So we want to help make it easier for any company to bring on early entrance to the trades. But that's more of our long-term vision. Our focus right now is just helping both sides of the job marketplace connect so that people really can find new roles and help solve some of the short-term pains that a lot of trades companies are finding, trying to find technicians. You sent over a ton of links to us, which is great. Give us background because give us a little guided tour of your site. And I will add those links to the show notes. One that I found particularly interesting was the periodic table of skilled trades. Where did that idea come from? It came from trying to think about how to digest and compare careers. The number one question we get from people is like, what is the skilled trade that's best? And that's a very hard question to answer (laughs) because it's so conditional. Do you like working outside? You're not going to be successful unless you have a passion for what you're doing. But a lot of people go in looking at just, oh, what can I make for a salary? So we wanted to make a way for people to add a couple careers and compare everything from salary to the amount of time it takes to become certified to the actual, how hard is the trade on your body, everything that we can quantify there and figured a periodic table would be a good way to show an overview of some of the trades so you could quickly get a glance and then look at videos to see people actually doing it. So we built like a video skilled trade. So you just watch a couple videos, thumbs up, thumbs down, and then it'll spit out some careers that fit your interests. I remember using a book called What Color Is Your Parachute when I was in high school to try to figure out what I was going to do for a career. That was pretty cool to see this kind of thing in today's media. I'm looking at one page here. Just I picked bike mechanic and it has the, why should you consider the career, typical salary, career outlook, growing flat, whatever. And then you mentioned the physical, less physical, more physical, less physical, more training or less training, more structure, less structure. So is that what the videos do kind of help you understand which one of those sliders you're at? Yeah, we spit out a comparison at the end of the quiz. So you can look at all those things and make an informed decision, or at the very least, get a sense. And then you can go to your local bike shop and talk to some of the technicians to see if it's something you'd like. The tools that really push our mission forward to get more people in are really entry level, like just get a handle on what all this stuff is. What can you expect? Because it really is, there's 
tiny businesses, there's big businesses, and all of them have their own culture. It, when you ask tradespeople, the most common story I hear in these interviews is some guy took a chance on me. I showed up at the front door. So we do want to make it easier for people who may not have family members in the trades to connect with these companies. And part of that is if you come in with no experience, it's hard for a company to trust that you know what you're going to do or you're doing. So helping people show some of their do-it-yourself work while they're starting out and maybe just working on home projects or in their garage has been a hugely helpful way for companies to look at somebody and say, hey, this person has six really cool projects. They stand out way above the high schooler who hasn't put any effort into their career. Speaking of which, do you deal with any like high school trades program, career programs? The way that we started out, Nick and I, we actually went to a bunch of Denver public school trades high schools. They have an awesome career pathways program where they're trying to shift the narrative from instead of you're only looking at as a success if you go to a good college as we want everyone to leave with a plan and that plan can be the trades. So they have some really cool technical high schools where kids will work in these amazing mechanic shops or welding shops. So we went and presented to a bunch of kids some of this stuff and we were surprised because even kids that are in these technical high schools that have a leg up, we're still like, oh, I think I need to go to college or I think I need to go to a community college. So we just really wanted to provide them resources, but also the career counselors who are judged on their college enrollment rates, a place for them to point students if they weren't super knowledgeable on the trades. So we got a lot of really good feedback there, including keeping the attention of high schoolers is a difficult thing. The attention span is pretty short. You need to hear the same thing over five times. So it's great when they can hear tradesmen come in at panels and things. We got a lot of our early learnings there, mainly on really have to be quick. A lot of the social media platforms are really good about presenting kids with things that they're interested in. And you can help sort yourself through all the web of the trades by just finding these niches in social media that you really like watching and then gain the courage to put yourself out there and find a mentor to teach you the hard skills. So what outreach are you doing or are you doing any outreach into schools or anything like that? It sounds like you're talking to some high school age people. Are you doing anything maybe even at younger ages? Because what I'm hearing from some people going into high school is that by the time they're entering high school, they have a career path chosen so that they're able to pick their classes going into high school or as they're going through high school, they start choosing their classes intentionally with that in mind. Are you looking at anything younger age range? We aren't doing too much there. We chatted with the Boy Scouts here in the Bay Area about doing weekend workshops with skilled tradesmen where you could get two hours of sweating, plumbing work done or things like that where you could really understand. But for our business, I think that's the place to go is middle school. That's when people really start to understand what they like and don't like. But for our business, we need to work closer to when people are ready to work. So closer to that first apprenticeship and skilled tradesmen, helping them advance their careers. So we have a lot of relationships with nonprofits like HBI, Home Builders Institute, where we want to make it easier for them to find a job because they go through a really cool program where they learn how to build houses. But they HBI also helps people find a job a year after, make sure they stay in a place that they really like. 
and have counselors that help them walk through that. So we also, we feel like we can have more of an impact helping the businesses find those people who have a good training background and can place them. But I do think the the earlier you can get kids in hands-on shop class and things is for sure the way to start closing the skills gap. We just don't have any, our clients really need people right now. It's a burning need. So we've shifted more towards the early entrance and then the skilled tradesmen who are already in the field. Gotcha. Okay. So are you working nationwide in the US? Or are you just working in specific areas then? Mm-hmm. We're nationwide. And we basically were launching like a free applicant tracking system next week. So the idea is all these companies that struggle through some of these job boards to find candidates, we can take the spend that they would be spending through those job boards, make jobs that look really appealing to candidates, and then we can present them candidates that have pictures and full backgrounds and we're chatting with them too. So it's less of a black hole of applications and a black hole of candidates ghosting. So we can prep the candidates on what the jobs are like and then prep the companies that are hiring on what the true background is of these candidates who may not have an up-to-date resume. And that helps save hours of chasing people down. It's really helpful for companies that don't have a full built-out recruiting team to have the peace of mind that people are being screened and they're only interviewing the people that actually fit their needs, whether it's having the required commercial or residential experience or more in-depth certifications or all the stuff that takes the first 15 minutes or 20 minutes of the interview up, we check those off. Do you ever find that consumers approach this website to find someone to do work for them? We haven't actually. There's lots of platforms that do leads and things. And so we've stuck with our knowledge around recruiting, but it could be cool to at least present these project portfolios that people are uploading to consumers. Yeah, that's what I was seeing. Yeah. What's the process look like for, let's say, a company? Because I'd like to approach this both from a company and from a perspective employee's view here. What does the process look like for a company to go on and find somebody through your website or through your service? Yeah, we just get the bare minimum. What are your must-have criteria? That's what we do first for the company. Like As simply as you can, what are the yes and no things you need to know about a candidate? And then we'll generate the job description posted across 100 different job boards and start using our scale to get as many candidates as possible. And then we'll filter them down to just the people that meet that criteria. And then we'll talk to them on the phone. We have a recruiting team that'll screen people, write up the notes and send them over to the companies. So instead of looking at 100 people where 90% don't fit your criteria, You'll be looking at 10 who we've proven we can make contact with them, which is harder than it sounds. And then send over all the other stuff too, like endorsements from previous employers. So candidates can make almost like a LinkedIn profile for skilled trades. And it just helps save busy tradespeople the back and forth when looking at those candidates. What we find is we have a humongous database of candidates now, but targeting in a job search, you're speed is incredibly important. So we don't just retarget candidates. We do launch campaigns for each job so that we can be sure that this person is actually looking for a job right now. They're attentive. They're The best tradespeople are snatched up within a week. So we also build tools to help 
companies automatically text and email multiple times so that they can make sure that they're connecting and don't have to spend their time in front of the computer all day. And it really helps. It cuts down 40% of candidates that apply to 100 jobs and never respond because maybe they got another job or maybe they're busy on their own projects. So is there for a company to do a job search on here? I'm guessing there's some fee. You got to pay for all this somehow, right? We are giving away our applicant tracking system for free right now. But for larger companies where we have some small platform fees for like integrating into your applicant tracking system, if you already have one, but then we actually just take the marketing spend that you would spend through three or four other job boards and we'll use our scale to push that out. And we take a small percentage of your like marketing spend, similar to the way you'd pay a marketing agency to advertise for leads. So we say this is completely hands off by you. All you need to do is check your dashboard a couple times a week to see the vetted candidates and give a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you want to interview and then choose who you want to hire. So no hiring fees or anything like that. It's just much cheaper than a recruiting agency who may charge 15% of your first year's salary. Instead, you're just spending the marketing and comes out to six or $700 a hire, which is much less than 10 or 15K. But that can go up or down based on how difficult the role is to fill and things like that. Do you have any disclaimers for the validity of what's presented or either from the employer or the employee, the potential employee? Like they took their brother-in-law's pictures Oh, (laughs) (laughs) for the projects. No, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that comes out pretty easily in the multiple steps of screening. We haven't had any horror stories like that. Sometimes you will make a hire and the person just isn't the right fit. That happens to the best of us. At the end of the day, it is still the companies interviewing people and deciding if they want to hire them. And that's the way we like the no hiring fee because you don't feel any pressure to hire or not to hire. If you're faced with a $15,000 hiring fee, you're really going to hold out for the best people. But with something like Classit, you can try earlier stage apprentice. And if they don't work out, that's okay. We also have lots of other jobs for that person if it's not a fit. So hoping the lower cost helps people try out more candidates. You just have a bigger, well-honed machine for the screening process than anybody could possibly put together. They spend just as much, basically, to have it attacked by a pro, a system. Yeah, exactly. It's navigating all the different options you have for job boards. It's the wild west out there. And for a company that doesn't have the resources to hire a full recruiting team, it's incredibly helpful. And if even if people do have a full recruiting team, we can use some of the tactics we've learned over the years to cast the widest net possible. And also for job seekers, we've built out job search, but also apprenticeship search from the DOL's registered apprenticeship list and and trade school ratings too. So Our hope is that we become the one spot where people go whenever they're just looking for skilled trade specific things because the other job boards can be all over the place with how responsive companies are and we want it to be the place for skilled trades applicants. So that goes back to my other half of that question. How does it look like for a job applicant coming to you? Do they go through a vetting process? Like I looked on the website and there's jobs, there's apprenticeships, there's schools. What does that look like from that perspective 
coming through the process? Yeah, so we've built a really easy, mobile-friendly application process so you can apply just from your phone. And the thing we pride ourselves on is instant outreach. So we're texting candidates almost immediately. And then for the ones that meet those screening criteria, we're in many cases calling them from our recruiters. So whereas you may apply to 20, 30 jobs and never hear back. With Classit, you're hearing back almost instantly and talking to one of our recruiters who can give the basic background of the company, answer any of your questions, but also double check that you're willing to make that commute, that you have the required tools or truck that you need for that job. And then we pass them on to the companies. So most of our candidates are getting through the process one way or another, like within a week which is amazing because the hiring process can be drawn out sometimes if you're not getting that instant feedback. And also we keep those candidates so that if you're a company and maybe somebody was 80% of the way there, but you don't have any open roles right now, you just filled it with a more experienced person, you can reach out to them later and let them know about other openings. Because we hear talking to Goodsmith, which are, is a handyman company in Houston. And they were like, yeah, this person, we didn't think they were going to be Great. We hired them and they're one of our top handymen now. Sometimes the paper resume doesn't actually translate to how good somebody can be. So we want to just present more options for people to take that chance on tradesmen and women. I noticed I went into classet.org slash jobs and it automatically detects location through the browser and starts bringing up jobs within a certain miles radius. How do you define skilled trade? I guess I should go back to the periodic table. Okay. All right. Sorry. I should have done that. (laughs) But like even building management, I just want to make sure people understand this is pretty broad. Manufacturing, cabinet maker, insulator, highway worker, bike mechanic, manicurist, auto body, AV technician. It's very, very broad. When you're really talking skilled trades, how did you come up with this? It looks like the complete list. (laughs) It's really pretty good. That was one of the cool early learnings, just how broad skilled trades can actually be. I define it as as a skill set that allows you an upward trajectory in your career and wage that takes two to four years to become a super sought after and productive person. So comparing it to warehouse work where you're unfortunately looked at as like a cog in a machine and you may be along 50 of your colleagues with one manager, skilled trades, you really can become an expert, teach the next generation, and the amount of money you make for your company or can be ridiculous. HVAC techs making 400K of top line for their businesses really gives you like a powerful footing to stand on. And the entrepreneurship pieces of it are amazing too now. Like you can start up a company with a van. We typically focus on home services and commercial trades, like the construction trades, along with a lot of auto trades as well. We haven't dipped our toes into manicurists and things yet. And there's obviously the whole nursing side too. Healthcare. One of the other things I see on here is there's a list of trade schools. Where do you find that list? And if trade schools aren't listed on there and they see they're not listed, how can they become listed on that? Yeah, I think we have a form on there to submit yours. We've been aggregating them off the internet as part of the becoming the number one place for people to search everything skilled trades. One of the biggest gaps we found is there's not a lot of information on trade schools. And what we hear from a lot of clients is I don't trust the trade school. They basically know how to hold a hammer 
but we have to teach them everything else, which isn't true. There are really amazing trade schools and nonprofits that teach people how to do these things, but we want to shed light on it so you don't spend less than college, but still a significant amount of money on a trade school without knowing. The other question we get asked a lot is, what is the best path? And what typically I tell people is, if you can get into a union apprenticeship, that's amazing. They, you're set for a very long time in a really good career path, but it's so hard to get into those apprenticeships because they're only letting in 5, 10, 20 people a year. So we hear a lot of stories of people applying for four years in a row and not getting in, their confidence is shot. Second best apprenticeships and finding a mentor who's willing to take a chance on you. And then trade schools can still be an option if you can't find any of these job corps programs that give you some financial assistance. But just trying to aggregate all our learnings in one spot and then present all the information to people so that they can make an informed decision. Very nice. Sounds like quite an undertaking to me. I mean, to be able to track and organize all of that in independent locations, because I know sometimes it's kind of hard to find the trade schools or the apprenticeship programs and things like that. And trying to put all that into one location is quite an undertaking. It's a lot of information to take in, but we hope to get to the point where we do have jobs that aren't filled through class ed on our job search, just because we do want people to be able to look at all the opportunities. But what we love about the jobs that are on class ed is we can guarantee you'll be interviewing within a week versus maybe not hearing back for a long time. And it would be amazing to do that for trade schools too. Long term, we would love to have apply with your classic profile. You don't have to fill out another application. It's like a common application for the skilled trades. So you can see all the opportunities you have without filling out 10 different forms and with the same information and similar for jobs. Do you have any sense of where the majority of the jobs are since you're looking across so many different trades? Like where's the highest demand that you're sensing? Most of our jobs are, the majority are in California. It really varies and seasonally it varies as well. Like One of the things that caught us a little off guard this year is how much some of the trades just drop off when people are getting ready for the holidays and don't want to remodel their bathroom or or it gets cold outside so you can't be up on a roof and installing solar. The thing that's clear to us with the average age of a tradesman being 55 is the problem's only going to get worse. And then you read all this stuff about how much infrastructure needs to improve to be able to support all these electric cars. And it really is, we believe, going to be a set your own price as a tradesperson in the future where the only place for these wages to go is up. As more white collar jobs get automated, as more infrastructure projects and old houses need fixing, companies are just going to have to start raising wages. And we want to help companies be competitive in that so be able to look at all these jobs and look, hey, what is an electrician in California? What is the typical wage and how can I be more competitive than them? And see that in the quality of applicants coming through. So we really want to get to the point where we can be the source of truth. If you look at some of the data that we scraped, obviously, from the Department of Labor and things, the wages are undershot by a significant amount because they're looking back. First of all, they're a year or two old. And they're looking back over a three-year period. So the median is like not taking into account inflation. So we really like that we can take real-time job data from all the job boards and 
give that feedback to clients on what you should be paying and as the dynamics of hiring in the trades changes over the years. So regionally, most in California, but by trade, where would you see the highest activity on your platform? Yeah. Highest activity. Like job postings or that kind of thing. Yeah. I think the HVAC space is heating up with heat pumps and people needing to electrify their homes. So like put in the infrastructure for heat pumps and things. We've had a ton of success with handyman clients, which is also a great trade for people who are starting out because you can gain exposure to many trades and figure out where you fit in. Electricians are in such high demand, but they're really hard to find journeyman electricians. So definitely you can see the trades that take a long time to get through your training have a definite scarcity to them. And people who are hiring electricians are just desperate right now. So yeah, those three are really big. Solar's huge too, but a little bit less of a learning curve on getting started as a solar installer. So I'd say those four are really big right now. And you even have a page on licensing requirements for HVAC, which is very thorough and responsible way. It sounds like if you guys trip over data, you aggregate it and put it out there. <laughs> yeah, we want it there to be one place because I don't know if you guys have ever read over some of the government sites, but they're a headache to parse through what actually is required in each state. And it is so different. The licensing requirements for each state are pretty daunting, especially if you don't have family in the trades who can walk you through it. So we just want to be the go-to spot where people can get all the information, but then find that career that they've been looking for after that. Excellent. This has been a very interesting conversation. Uh, I really encourage our listeners to look this up. Again, classset, C-L-A-S-S-E-T dot O-R-G. And there's a lot of richness and detail to the site, mobile-friendly for both employers and employees. And for a potential tradesperson, is there a fee for them to put their credentials up? Nope, not at all. We help you create a profile for free. Obviously, all the information is free. We don't want to put any more funnel points that would deter people from getting into the trades. You should have named it Get a Job for Free Like We Buy Any Car. That website just speaks what it is. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> we started the name because we started off thinking we were going to do funding for people to go to trade school. So we said like class and asset so you could have many classes, but we realized there's so many amazing nonprofits and funding opportunities for trade schools through federal grants that the more important thing is matching the people who have immediate hiring needs with these talented people. So the name doesn't make quite as much sense anymore, but that's okay. It sticks. Thanks again for coming on. Any closing thoughts for listeners? No, we're just always looking for ideas and interviews with tradespeople as well. We've found a lot of success with yeah, there's one I saw, the community thing. On December 23rd, you're going to have an Ask Me Anything with a SpaceX welder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sneak away and watch that one because I think that's just a really cool thing there that you're doing, helping build the community too. Yeah, we want, I, I'm constantly surprised talking to tradespeople in different careers about how they got into it, the financial freedom they've been able to get from it and Everyone has this zigzaggy path of how they got in. I did talk to a solar installer who was a bike mechanic. He was like, I love bikes, but I doubled my salary going to solar installing. And now I can afford all the bikes that I want. 
So it's really fun to talk to people and just hear about like the best and worst parts of their job. Great. Thanks again. We encourage the listeners to check this website out, check the show notes. You heard some of the links we've spoken before and I uh, really appreciate you coming on today, Cooper. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into this Building HVAC Science podcast episode. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please share the link to the podcast episode with others that you think might benefit from listening to the content. You can always reach out to the podcast by contacting us at marketing at truetechtools.com. The Building HVAC Science podcast is a production of True Tech Tools Limited. In full disclosure, I'm a co-owner of True Tech and the opinions voiced are those of my guests, my co-host, or myself, depending on who's speaking, of course. There's a lot of great trade-related resources and influencers out there that you should take a look at. AC Service Tech, MeasureQuick, HVA Chicks, The Misfits of HVAC, The HVAC Grapevine, HVACR School, HVAC Shop Talk, Stephen Reardon, HVAC Reefer Guy, Tool Pros, Service Business Mastery, Quality HVAC, HVAC Overtime, and HVACR Videos. I hope some of you are coming to the HR Expo, which will be in Chicago in late January 2024. You can always look it up at ahrexpo.com. Just put that in your typical search engine. I want to thank you for listening and following us on the Building HVAC Science Podcast. And we hope that these kind of podcasts help change your thinking. That's really what it's all about. And we really appreciate the time you gave us inside your head to listen to this podcast. Take care, everyone. Until next time. 